Shalom everybody. We are starting now a different discourse, even though we're in the middle of another one. We will go back to that eventually. We're now starting another discourse Rav Nosson wrote based on the Kutei Moran Lesson 24. This is in the section called Evin Ezer, Hilchot Ishu, the laws of marriage, proper marriage, uh, discourse number four. And like we said, it's based on Lesson 24. Rav Nosson brings this brief introduction of the Halacha. He says like this, Kuanim ulviim v'Yisrael mutarim lavo zebaze v'havalad holech achar hazachar. Kuanim and the Jewish people, Levites and Yisraelim, they are allowed to intermarry. You're allowed to quen to marry a Yisrael or a Levite, etc. and so forth. They're allowed to marry, intermarry. And the child goes after the father, always. So the father's a Kohen and the mother's a Yisrael, automatically the child is a Kohen. If the father's Yisrael and the mother's a Kohenet, the child is a Yisrael. This law emanates from the Mishnah in Masechet Kiddushin, chapter 3. It's funny, Rav Nosson brings a Mishnah in order to quote it. Because the, the Mishnah is, even though it's brought down to the Shulchan Aruch, Rav Nosen, for some reason, is going back to the Mishnah itself, the root of the law which appears in the Code of Jewish Law, to show you from the Mishnah itself. Let us see why he does that. This is the actual wording of the Mishnah itself. Any place that there is marriage and there's no transgression in this marriage, it's a kosher, valid marriage, the child goes after the father, the male. What is an example of this? Kohenet, Leviyah, Marrying a Kohenet, a Levite, or an Israelite woman, the, father, the child goes after the father. Those are kosher marriages. However, where there is Kiddushim, but it's through a sin, you have examples where the marriage took place, even according to halacha, but it was invalid, it wasn't allowed, it's not permissible. Like for example, a Kohen marrying a divorcee, or a Mamzer marrying a Jew, where here there happens to be a valid Kiddushin because both sides are Jewish. It's not like a Jew and a Gentile where there's no Kiddushin at all. There is Kiddushin here, but it's considered invalid. Or it's like for example, a woman who's supposed to do Yibum with her brother-in-law, or Khalitsa, and in the end she marries somebody else. There was a valid marriage here, but it's, that was, it's, it's a, the marriage went through, but it's invalid. It's prohibited to do so. Okay? So in those cases, with the Zinavira, Havalad Olech Achar Pagum So the child born from that relationship was after the blemished of the two. Whoever the blemished side is, causing the blemish, if it's a Mamzer, if it's a coin of a divorcee, so in the case of the divorcee, the child goes after the blemished side. So Vinosin gives now again a brief summary of Lesson 24, pointing out the points that he wants to bring out of the lesson, and also phrasing them in the way that he wants to develop them, Rav Nosen. And again, Rav Nosen has permission to do so, because he's the one who best understood Rabbi Nachman's intent more than anybody else in the world, like Rabbi Nachman himself attested to this. So therefore, Rav Nosen has within his capacity and permission and his reach and power to, if he has to, 
what we, th- what we might see as a manipulation, manipulation of Rabbi Nachman's wording, but in reality, Rav Nosset is explaining the lesson by doing so, and in this case, giving us a better perspective. So he says, Rav Nosset, paragraph Aleph, Sif Aleph, Al Pia Torah, Emtsaita da Alma Besiman Kafdalet, Ayen Sham. Based on the Kutemran lesson 24, which is called the title of the lesson, because every lesson in Kutemran has a, a title, it's called the middle of the universe. Emtsaita da Alma, the middle of the universe, that's the name of the lesson. See there, Rav Nosset says. Vaklal, in summary, the following is the idea here. By doing a mitzvah with joy, with doing a mitzvah of joy, Malin Hakdusha Ketoret. A person is able to elevate the holiness from amongst the evil forces, and this is the idea synonymous to the function of the incense offering, the Ketoret offered in the temple, and today. This is through the recitation of the Torah twice in the morning prayer, Shacharit, and once before Mincha. So that's the functioning of the Torah to elevate holiness from the Klipot. Here, Rabbi Nachman adds a dimension that joy in doing a mitzvah does the exact same thing and probably even more like we're going to see. And through joy in doing a mitzvah, which causes elevation of, the, of holiness trapped in the evil forces to go up, to be released. Zochin la'alot ma'ala ma'ala ad shemamshichin b'chot ha'sechel u'metaknin ha'mesadeh v'ayimayashev shel ha'sechel. So through this, a person merits to go up higher and higher from level to level until a person is able to draw upon himself the blessings of the intellect. Bracha, blessing, the main blessing being intellect. And as a result of receiving the blessing of the intellect, you're able to fix and rectify the settling and organization structure of the mind, of the intellect itself. So it's a blessing that also comes with reorganizing and settling the mind, which itself is like another benefit. And this, Rabbi Nachman calls, corresponds to the sphera, keter, the highest, the crown. But also keter has a functioning and that it gives a chance of a person to what's called wait and settle himself which is so important, so important when a Jew strives to come closer to Hashem, to develop his Judaism, to develop his Torah study, to develop his connection to Hashem, where in all of these cases, you're busy running and running and running and running. Every day you make sure you run to Davin Shacharit, Mincha Arvid. Every day you have your Dafyomi class, your Halacha, your Shirim. You're running and running to amass amass, amass, more Torah and mitzvot. With all this amassing though, you need a functioning to settle and organize what you've amassed. In order to properly maximize the benefit of what you're amassing in your Judaism, in your Torah, in your connection to Yiddishkai, to Hashem and the Tzaddikim, there has to be a yeshivadat, a settling of the mind. That Rabbi Nachman is called Keter, that's a blessing in itself. Because once you have the mind settled, you can now use what you've amassed properly and use it in a settled mind frame to make the proper moves further and the proper decisions further in life in order to guarantee that your continuation will succeed as opposed to, God forbid, making fatal mistakes and losing everything, which unfortunately, Rav is going to say, is very, very common 
and especially about tshuvas and people beginning to taste the light of tzaddikim, that they rush and rush and rush and they're on fire. And in the end, because there's no settling of the mind, or they don't, time, they don't take time to accept the hints and the scenarios which push for settling of the mind, they can chas shalom, burn out and lose totally everything. Rav Nosin is going to go a lot into this because this is really a major psychological factor for people in the Judaism and to maintain that they don't just drop anything which is something which is unfortunately very common today we see people they started in Judaism they started in Breslev even and you see them 5, 10, 15 years down the road divorced or that's it they fell off they grew payas, a nice long payas, nice long beard in the shrimo and they just dropped everything they jumped in too soon or too early or they made unsettled decisions one of the big claims of non-religious family members to somebody who becomes religious is that they feel that the religious person is like brainwashed and making decisions out of rush, 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 rush. In a way, there is a justification to what they're saying, but that, does, that doesn't mean that the Judaism being presented, being presented does not offer that. Judaism, Torah, Rabbi Nachman here is telling us you're going to need the Keter in life. You're going to need to know how and when to put the brakes in your Judaism in order to maintain stability and continuity. That 10, 15, 20, 30 years down the line, you're still there. You're still holding on in your Yiddishkeit and you're still striving to come closer and you're still, still held on. And you didn't have a major crash and setback because of instability due to a lack of the Keter, which is the Misader and Meyashev. I went off a little, but this point is very important. We're going to see in this discourse, this is what Rav Nosson is going to develop. Okay? And Rabbi Nachman says, Rabbi Nosson rephrasing Rabbi Nachman, through meriting the Keter, the Mesader and Meyashev of the Sechel, the settling and organization structure of the mind, a person merits to perceive what's called the nine chambers. And these nine chambers enable a person to connect to the infinite light because these nine chambers that a person can perceive now due to the Keter are above what's called Nefesh Ruach Neshama above all grasp possible to the three levels of the soul of the human being of the Jew the Nefesh the lower soul the Ruach the spirit and the Neshama the upper soul which all three levels offer, level, offer levels of experience and contemplation and understanding of Judaism and of Hashem Whereas these t- nine chambers are way above the nefesh, ruach, neshama. Shem bechenat hasagat orensov. Like we said, that they are the nine chambers enable a person to perceive, even though he's in a limited, constricted format, nonetheless, he can pursue, pursue, per- perceive the infinite light, or orensov, which is like two contradictions. How could you perceive the infinite light in a finite existence. It's two opposites. And yet Rabbi Nachman says that by doing mitzvah b'simcha, you can reach a level to perceive, the, to reach the keter, and the keter bounces you back in the structuring and organization of the mind, and enables you to, per, to create nine chambers, which through them you can perceive the infinite light, even though you're limited. Unbelievable. And this is in the format of reaching and not reaching. You're reaching, in other words, you're touching the infinite light, and yet you're not. Sheikar asaga alidei haredifa vadimachshava vadidei hamakev. 
He says, because the essence of reaching to c- connect to the infinite, infinite light, each person on his level, and don't think, ah, this must be for only big tzaddikim. Rav Nosen writes, every Jew in his life, the times of connection and a deep, deep understanding and, 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 and contemplation of God that you can't express to somebody else, that basically, Rav Nosen calls you experiencing the infinite light. You can't give it over to somebody else. It's so profound, so overwhelming, so amazing, so deep, that you can't give it to somebody else. You are experiencing at your own level due to whether you merited building nine chambers or due to tzaddikim having pity on you and allowing you to taste for just a moment a light which is way above your level, emanating from the infinite light. Okay? So he says, though, the main way to perceive this infinite light and these nine chambers which enable you to perceive the, perceive the infinite light is through the running of the mind to go further in life in Judaism and also the ma'akev, the refrainment, the being, the being stopped, which is, the, like we said before, the organization and structuring of the mind. That this itself is the idea of the keter. That all this is fixed through doing the mitzvot with joy. This is what Rabbi Nosson wants to focus on this level, in the lesson. Even though Rabbi Nachman speaks about other points in the lesson, Rabbi Nosson didn't go into them. He went into what he wanted to develop in his discourse. So he says at this point, See there in the lesson itself all of this very, very carefully.